It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. And Chris Carter. Woo! <laughs> it happened. We're te- we've been teasing it. I mentioned yesterday, are we going to continue to tease it, or is Chris actually going to be here? Just let it be known that when I make a promise, I will eventually deliver. (laughs) This may take some time. Chris, what's going on? Great to have you on here. Uh, I think most people probably familiar with your work at this point, but uh, real quick, just drop it on them. Uh, (laughs) Just drop it on them. As you guys know, I write for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette covering all things pitch sports there. Uh, You can find that at post-gazette.com. I also host the North Shore Drive podcast for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and the Locked On Steelers podcast Monday through Friday for the Locked On Podcast Network. I also do work for Channel 11, and then I appear on 93.7 The Fan, and I can keep going with all the things that I do, because this is now on the list, boys, but I'm excited. Locked On Steelers. Once a week, Alan Saunders on lockdown. Ooh, yeah, yes, he is. We, our, our faces appear next to each other quite often now at this point. It, 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 yeah. You know, it's pretty good. I love talking football with Chris. I'm excited to have him here on our show, get his opinions about a couple things. Smitty, what do we got? Well, Desmond King uh, becoming official today. We knew that was going to be the case yesterday. If you missed the show, talking with Sean Bajani about that, as well as the that other transaction. Too, I hope that yeah. everybody enjoyed that. If they did, we could do more of that kind of thing. But that was awesome having Sean in. We got some serious insight. I don't think anybody else had about why Desmond King is not a Houston Texan anymore. Mm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that becoming official, a couple uh, practice squad additions as well. But Chris, we didn't get your thoughts on here regarding Desmond King. So what are your thoughts on the addition and how he kind of fits into this defense? You know, I don't see him as like a world breaker. Like there's people that are like, oh, this this guy, the Steelers just get amping up for the Super Bowl. Like I'm not saying all that, but I will say like, I think he's a good role player. I think that he will be in the slot. I think that him and Shannon Sullivan are a good mix of guys that I think both might even be upgrades from Arthur Marlette last year. I think Desmond King definitely is um, just – King will bring the ability to defend the run. He will be physical. He's stocky. Um, He'll also be a good communicator. I I watched like three different games of tape uh, just to kind of just get a sense of who he has been. Because I remember I remember when he was giving pit problems when he played for Iowa. I think he had like a big return for for them uh, to help beat uh, beat pit many years ago. Um, and, uh, and then of course he gave the Steelers problems when he was a returner for the chargers in 2018. So, um, you know, he's been a, an exciting athlete, but I wanted to see how he is. And he still looks like he's a guy, like he doesn't have the full speed anymore that he used to have, but he definitely is still smart. He knows how to play. And like, he's kind of like trying to coach others on the field. Like I'm seeing plays where, you know, as motions are happening, he's the one trying to communicate, you know, to the guys and the Texans, be like, Hey, no, you're in the wrong spot. Get over there, get over there. And so, that's what I think the Steelers really want out of their secondary guys who know how to be in the right spots and know how to work with their teammates. Because you look at the starters they're going to have in the secondary. Patrick Peterson, no, you don't need to explain how I mean, he's been in the NFL forever. He knows the deal. Levi Wallace knows the deal, been with the Steelers, knows their system and played well in their system last year. Minka Fitzpatrick, Demonte KZ, all those guys, they fit into this very well and they're veterans who are well-oiled and, and true professionals. I think Desmond King fits along that line and now that it's going to continue to allow Terrell Austin, defensive coordinator, to continue to drop concepts that I think disguise more of what the secondary does and with, with sharper guys and veterans who knows how to play into those schemes, they can better disguise what they're doing to confuse quarterbacks. So I just think he fits into that scheme even beyond his personal skill level 
I think I need to. Well, so the Desmond King game against Pitt was that the game that was in Pittsburgh, or is that the game that was in Iowa? I want to say it was in Iowa. I want to say it was. I. I. I can't. That would have been like fifteen, maybe. I want to say because I mean I was. It was before I was covering Pitt. I know that much. Um, let me try to remember the Desmond King, Pitt, Iowa. Let's see. Was it a ret- was it a return touchdown? Is that what he did? I, I was I was pretty sure it was like a kick or a punt return that he had. So I remember that game. It must have been the game in Iowa. That was fifteen because he ba- he barely played in that game uh, hmm. in Iowa City in fifteen, which is. Uh, I want to say, yeah, 2015, I think, is when it was. 2015. Okay. 2014 game in at uh, at uh, Akersher Stadium, Heinz Field then, um, always stands out to me because my very good friend, who was a huge Pitt fan, was getting married uh, that day. We went up to Mount Washington to take pictures. We go up to Mount Washington, like, on the overlook. We're taking pictures as you can, like, hear Pitt losing the game in the background of his wedding. Like, every time he looks at his wedding pictures now, there's, like, over his shoulder is Pitt losing to Iowa right there as it's happening. Huge Pitt fan. Love that for him. Desmond King, I'm sure he's very excited to have him on the team now. Shout out my buddy Tyler. Uh, I think he's great. I think it's a Desmond King had two interceptions in that game. There you I'm go. Look at the box okay. for it right now. Um, okay, yeah. so maybe it is. Okay, maybe. It wasn't a return <laughs> touchdown. I think it was just okay. the interception. That was the one had. in Pittsburgh. Oh, th- that, that's so great because yeah, you know, I was just laughing at him as he's like, you know, you know, like you're getting your wedding day. Photographers always like stand here, hold, her, you know, put your hand here, do, the, and 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 all throughout this, it's just like you can just hear the 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 sounds of losing uh, from from oh, across pitting. the way. <laughs> Another pitting. Yep, quite fitting. Um, Here's the thing about Desmond King that I think to me is a bigger deal than Desmond King. It's there seems to be a continued awareness of the team's weaknesses in a way that I'm not sure we've always seen in the past. Do you remember like there were, there were years where it'd be like, it would go into the draft. They're like, Oh, the Steelers really need a linebacker. And then they didn't kind of get a linebacker. And then they kind of had just threw somebody in there. And it's like week one, it's like, Hey, they still need a linebacker. What like ever happened to that? It just seems like there is a different level of constant desire to improve this team. Chris, are you feeling that? I am feeling that a little bit. I also I feel like we got to be fair to Kevin Colbert because he did a lot of ambitious things over his career. I think what a lot of people remember is the last few years he was in Pittsburgh, and and, and we kind of just get you know we we remember the most familiar things, but like. You got to remember, he had a franchise quarterback that they were paying big money ever since what 2007. So that when, when you have a quarterback that you're that you're paying that much, you see it limits teams. I mean, it's why it's so amazing what the Chiefs are doing right now because they're paying Patrick Mahomes what they're paying him, and he's still carrying the team even with that's not as deep of a team as they were when he was on his rookie deal. And, and that's why I think it's, it's really impressive that the Chiefs are still playing at such a high level. Uh, because of Patrick Mahomes and it goes to his greatness whereas with with the Steelers you know they were able to make investments but there's only so many investments that you can make and especially when you look at that those 2010 Steelers that team was 
like you can only be one thing. You can either be really balanced or really top heavy if you're paying for a franchise quarterback. And they were top heavy. They were paying Ant- Antonio Brown big money. They were paying Marquise Pouncey, David DeCastro, uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell. They were paying all sorts of guys, and then you know guys on de- a couple guys on defense as well. So when you have all these guys at the top. Those guys in the second and third, your third string, they're going to be guys that aren't as valuable because you can't pay as much to those positions. And I think that's where Kevin Colbert just didn't have the ammunition to go get guys like the way that we're seeing Omar Khan get now. And maybe in four or five years, we'll be seeing the Steelers go through it again when if Kenny Pickett plays really well, earns a big contract, and this whole thing starts over again. But right now, certainly, you got to give Omar Khan credit. He is aggressive. He goes and gets who he who he sees. Same thing for Andy Weidel. And, and I'd say Mike Tomlin's probably part of this as well. I, I think that the Steelers are embracing this new window of not having to pay for a big-name quarterback. It's allowed them to invest in two, paying two edge rushers big money to be the, the, the top guys on the defense, um, as well as a big safety, and as well as other guys like Cam Hayward who they can keep around. I think it's a good sign for how they're going to operate uh, over the next three, four years. I think so too. I want to talk about Omar and and the job he's done. I wrote about it today at SteelersNow.com about the differences between him and Kevin Colbert, the way he approaches the position to me, I think is very different when you're talking about a guy whose background was in contracts and in salary cap compared to someone whose background was in scouting. And I think one of the things that you see that's different about Omar for me is an increased awareness and understanding how to take advantage of what the rest of the league is doing. I thought Kevin Colbert was an outstanding scout and was great at finding fits for his team, uh, finding undervalued and underappreciated players. But I, I felt like there was a closed mindedness about those, that, that, you know, the way the Steelers did business that, you know, they did Steelers things. They, they, they found Steelers players and they weren't really worried about what everybody else was doing. Um, And I think, Omar is showing how you can take advantage of knowing what other teams are doing by getting a free fourth round pick for trading two guys that were never going to play at all this year in Kevin Dotson and Kendrick Green. Uh, there's certainly there's certainly an adeptness to the way that he's looked at things. And I think that's a really good perspective to approach that conversation with Alan because you look at Omar Khan and, you know, when they were when people were talking about what he's going, and he's been the numbers cruncher. He's been the guy he's had time to study those trends. And I'm sure like he had he, he has some experience like, you know, scouting players and knowing that. But that's why they went and got Andy Weidel, because that's what Andy Weidel does. You know, he, he knows exactly what he's looking for on on the market he knows how he, he knowing how to judge talents and things like that and now he can better inform omar who's like hey i think i see this in this guy and let's let's powwow on this and okay now let's combine that with how i'm seeing how the trends are working in the mar- different markets in the nfl and what we can pounce on and how other teams are approaching things i i think that that's certainly giving the front office some new perspective that's Kind of refreshing to see from the Pittsburgh Steelers, like you said. And again, this is not a knock on Kevin Colbert, who is a Hall of Fame general manager. Like when you know, when all said and done, I think he's going to get those type of honors. You you know, you win two Super Bowls, you bring back the Steelers to their glory. Um, you know, you draft Ben Roethlisberger, Troy Polamalu, and a number of other guys who were who were top tier talents in the NFL. He he deserves a ton of credit. And again, for making an aggressive move, he had to trade up to get Troy Polamalu. He had to trade to get Minka Fitzpatrick. You know, there's a lot of things over the years. That 2008 Super Bowl team had nine starters that were drafted on day three or not at all. Hmm. Like that's that's 
that's, that's impressive. That's like god tier scouting, right? Yeah. Like, what's the, yeah, that that's that's top of the list. Okay, so like, I'm not I'm not taking anything away from Kevin Colbert. I think the different approach and look, if they can't scout, it won't matter, right? Like, it doesn't yeah. matter if you're good. It, the, the the fourth round pick doesn't make any difference if you blow it, right? You still need to to, to capitalize on on the opportunities. Um, I just think it's it's been it, it's a good you know I think. Omar's kind of become a meme almost like more than he is a person at this point within the Steelers fan base, you know, the con artist. And I just thought it was a good time to kind of talk about how he's different and why you know, we're seeing some of these things that Smitty, I think, you, you know, you, you were kind of hitting at this too, is like, these are things that Steelers fans, I think have been looking for moves like what we've seen from Omar and why they're happening now. Yeah, I think they went from things where as fans, we would always be like, ah, that's a nice player. That's a pipe dream to, oh, this is actually realistic now. But I think that adding the context that Chris did where it's we don't have a big money quarterback that we're paying all this money to. That's why it is a realistic thing to add. This player is important, too, because it's not just because they never wanted to add those types of players. They financially couldn't where they're in a different place now. I agree. That's exactly where I'm coming from is that it's just, it's a different circumstance. You get different ammunition as a, uh, you know, as a front office, just to be able to do things and more flexibility because, you know, even though like they're paying, like there's someone still getting paid top dollar and that's TJ Watt, but that's still not quarterback money that we're talking about there. And so it's just, it's just different. And I think that it'll, what'd you say? You can spread it around. Exactly. You could, you could spread it around a lot easier. So I I think that's a major asset. And uh, listen, here's the thing. I I am very encouraged by what Kenny Pickett has shown in the preseason and in training camp. You know, I know that there's some people who there's Steelers fans that go way over the top and, and say Super Bowl this, Super Bowl that right right now, right this year. But I do think they have a good chance to win the division this year. Like I, I actually I'm putting them in that conversation with the Bengals. Like I I don't I think that not to not to say that the Bengals are gonna be bad. I think the Steelers are going to be good. And if this is the start of the new window. Man, these next few years with Kenny Pickett on a rookie deal and their ability to go be aggressive, that could be really exciting to watch. I think the Bengals are well overdue to sleepwalk through a regular season. They're still not a team that I would want to see in the playoffs on my schedule. Mm -hmm. But, like, they're overdue to be just kind of, like, wander to 11 wins and, like, that's it. You know, to to not be great week in and week out. Have an average year. Go, go through some of those things where they, they're breaking in a lot of new people in important places on the defense, and maybe they're going to struggle early because of it. Maybe this will be the year they have a lot of injuries. I don't know. It's just really hard, even if you have great personnel and the Bengals do, to have great results in the regular season year in and year out over and over again. Like I said, I still wouldn't want to see them in the playoffs, but I think they're – you know, I don't think it's a, some kind of lock that the Bengals are this like 12-13 win team again, and I do think I like the Steelers' chances more and more. I saw – um yesterday their odds of winning the division have gone from plus 550 to plus 450 that's a big jump this late in the game um without any kind of i mean look with all due respect to desmond king he is not the guy that's making that happen (laughs) like it's not like they went out and signed some pro bowler or made some big trade like this is all based on basically just a really, really like. Do you remember three weeks ago when nobody was talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers at all, and yeah. now they're like the darlings of the whole media landscape based on five offensive possessions with Kenny Pickett? It's it is incredible what some good quarterback play can do for your perception. That's for sure. 
I want to get you guys' take on this. How much of this is also the likability of Kenny Pickett? Because even when Ben Roethlisberger played well, the national media didn't embrace him. And like, I was a person who like, I was always honest about Ben Roethlisberger. When he stunk, I was like, yo, he stunk in in this moment. And there were, there's people locally who just couldn't do that. If Ben would throw five interceptions, like, oh, that wasn't his fault. And I'm like, come on. Like, but nationally, when he throw five touchdowns, I'd be like, he was on fire today. Like he was doing his thing. And then the national media would just be like, meh. And I would just uh, like, like, wait, like, like, I get, I get, you know, bragging on him when he's down. And, and I get just being honest about that. But like, I remember in 2020 when they beat the Ravens in the, in the first game, it was, a, and it was a really, they played really well in Baltimore. And then yes. we had that wait yes. because the, 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 the Ravens had COVID and all that stuff. We played Wednesday remember, like, afternoon football. Right. I remember leading up to that game, like there was, there was all this discussion about how the Ravens owned the Steelers and like, they played all the highlights from the first game that the Steelers won, and it was all Ravens highlights. And I was like, I, "What? Like, how, like, like, I don't know. I just I saw those type of things with the Steelers under Ben Roethlisberger, and it felt like is this because they don't like Ben because of his past? And listen, I'm not saying no one you don't people don't have the right to dislike Ben Roethlisberger for the stuff that he was accused of and caught doing, but at the same time, I I wonder part of this is because the Steelers are now clean of that slate, and now you have Kenny Pickett, who's never done anything wrong, he's already married, seems like a really nice guy, signs all the autographs, and doesn't have that aura of Ben Roethlisberger around him. It's very interesting, especially from a a fan's perspective, where like I've talked to fans of other fan bases and stuff, they're like, man, I hate the Steelers, I can't hate on Kenny Pickett the way that I hated on Ben Roethlisberger, like, I want to have a beer with this guy. Yeah. Not only do I not hate him, I like him. So, yeah, there, I think that there could very well be something to that from a fan base to fan base perspective, from a national media thing. Maybe it was a little bit of uncomfortableness in the way, like, if people talked in too good of a light about Ben Roethlisberger and maybe an unwillingness to cover him in a positive light. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's a great question. I've never really thought about that. I think the age of social media has made it easier for players that are actually likable to appear likable i've known kenny for a long time i think he is a likable guy i think he has a winning personality um not that that matters much at all about football but like he's a marketable Mm -hmm. person if i was doing business i would i would want kenny pickett to to if i was levin i'm very happy i was about to say my recliners right like (laughs) um but you know i don't man i'm gonna get in trouble for this ben wasn't likable he was a jerk it to is. a lot of people, that's, that's, like especially that's, that's not a secret. especially early in his career. Like if you are of my age, okay, I'm going to be 40. Okay, if you are my age and you grew up in Pittsburgh, going to bars at the time Ben was a young player in Pittsburgh, oh. you know a hundred people that uh-huh. have a I saw Ben Roethlisberger at the club and he was a giant jerk story. Like at least a hundred, maybe a couple hundred, like maybe you- something worse than that. Like they are all out there. There's a whole generation of people that were like, "Go Steelers," but that guy, and I think he did. I I will give Ben a ton of credit because I think he grew up a lot over him. I agree. Like by the time I started covering the team, about 2018, 2019, I never saw any of that. He he was a pro. He was a, a great guy in the locker room and a great guy to get along with. And I think he really did become a different person. But I think that left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths about just being excited about him. You know, it's the whole package. Like you don't just want to root for the laundry, right? You want to root for the person that's inside of it. And I think, yeah, I do think that people like Kenny that make it easy to root for them are going to 
get more people on their bandwagon, not just fans, but if you're, you know, there's not that much difference between being a fan and being a person that sits on the couch on Monday morning football. Like they're the, the same things that would appeal to one of those people are going to appeal to the other. They're just trying to, to put somebody forward that they think is likable that other people will like too. And then they look good for it. Like that's the same things that fans want to root for. I feel I, I, what's funny is you don't even have to go back to when you were going out. One time I was at Rollins in the strip district and like a, a guy I was with was like, Hey, ask them about Ben Roethlisberger. And I was like, what? And they said, just do it. It's funny. And I was like, all right. I was like, Hey guys, what do you think about Ben Roethlisberger? And they were like, what that guy? Like, 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 like that guy still owes us like $10,000. I'm like, what? And they're like, he just used to come in and just say, put it on my tab. And then when we called him on it, he didn't pay it. And I was like, are we for real? And he's like, yeah. And there's like a whole bunch of other businesses that got the same problem. And I was like, dang, like, is that a real thing? And, he, and then like, I was like, yeah, this apparently is. And so, you know, I get it. And again, Ben Roethlisberger is fine. And to be fair, like Ben Roethlisberger was always like fair to me. Like, like I, when, whenever I asked Very him questions, he wasn't a jerk. I did see him be a jerk to other people in the media when it was uncalled for. And I will say that like, there are people who, and they know who they are, who were just doing their jobs and didn't even say anything in a bad way and he would just give them a very not cool response and i i would be like that's that's a jerk right there that's the old ben roethlisberger creeping into those moments but uh but i think in in you know by and large you had that image but like even again outside of even that image i don't think the national media got to see that version of ben roethlisberger outside of the allegations that went against him yeah. and went public and i think that yeah, there was true. just a sense that you know what hey we're not gonna touch that guy because there's 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 an image thing there and um yeah, so I, I just, it makes me wonder if the national media being, you know, kind of starting to hop on the Steelers could be the dark horse train a little bit early, uh, you know, because I thought it would be coming at some point. I didn't think it would come in the preseason. I thought it would be like they'd start off the season five and one, and then everyone would be like, hey, what about them Steelers over there? But uh, I, I think it's happening now because they kind of, there's, there's, there's no bad guy on this team right now. They're all, you know, likable dudes, and even like TJ Watt, who just eats people for breakfast. Like, what, what are you gonna say? He's he's mean about it. Okay, cool, but he's he's still he's classy. You know, it's like, did you, know, you see I, his? I, did you see his taco commercial? No, I missed the taco. What happened with the taco? Oh, Smitty, do we have the technical capability for you to play a YouTube video here, or is that, is that uh, we else? we would? Yes, if I can find it. What is it? Right, what is well, it? Hold on, hold on, I got it right here. I this is uh, this is this is oh, well Lord. um oh Lord well. The, oh, wait, so is they, it is it Old El Paso? Yes, yes. Okay, yes. all right, yeah. They uh, they did a the the three watts did a. Um, Smitty, I'm texting it to you right now, or do you want me to DM it to you? What's I, I, I'll be able to, I'll be able to play it right off YouTube. You got it. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, they they made a Water Boy parody. Oh yeah. Oh, what is this? Taco Boy is all this. Only the finest game day food that you can eat. There's standard stuffed tacos, yummy taco bowls, and enchiladas. Hot dogs are better. Hot dog man. That's <laughs> <laughs> a high quality taco. Let's run that back, JJ. I love taco. And now you know that. With Old El Paso, there's always so many possibilities. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> that 
That's a likable guy. That's a likable guy. That's a likable guy. That's what that is. I know what I'm having for dinner. Wait, wait. Okay, wait. A perfect encapsulation of that uh of what we're talking about here as far as likable guys y'all know the uh the what was it the the bleacher report like cartoon thing that they do what it's uh, like something heights mm-hmm. uh yeah. i forget what it's uh, called I, I know what you're talking about but i don't know the name of it i'll find but it but like they did an episode when tj watt was a rookie and it was like because he was coming into the lead and jj watt gridiron heights yeah and so like they did an episode like it was an episode where like tj watt was a rookie and like he was coming in and jj watt was captain america and so uh tj watts coming he's like wow i get to be with the steelers and and then james harrison comes out of the dark and he's like yeah but if you're gonna be with the steelers you gotta be mean you gotta be nasty he's like oh so like ben roethlisberger nasty he's like whoa no 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 no, no." not like that (laughs) but like i think that perfectly encapsulates like they wanted TJ to become a villain. I mean, he's hated by any team, by the Browns, by the Ravens, by the Bengals. Any team that has to go up against him hates playing that guy. But there's no, like, you can't look at him and say, well, he's a terrible person. You're just like, he's a really good player, and I can't stand him. Yeah. Hey, I'm yeah. I'm very excited for the comments of the show, by the way. I, I oh, can't man. It's wait be all to see. Place. Yes. <laughs> Where we go with it. Oh, man. Um, I do want to ask both of you guys because we've talked about a lot, talked a lot about Omar Khan, the guy under him, Andy Wido, who was briefly mentioned, mm-hmm. also mentioned in an article like pretty much league wide. This guy's going to be a GM at some point. Um, what do we make of the job that he's done so far under Omar? Because Omar even went as far as like acknowledging, okay, this guy's taking the draft board this year, and I don't know that a lot of people like that he's gotten a ton of recognition for doing so. Can we talk about the draft real quick though? Because I want to I want to bring this up because since since everyone has been like fawning over Nick Herbig, okay, mm-hmm. and I think somebody a lot of people have said like, oh yeah, all those idiots that thought Nick Herbig couldn't play outside linebacker look kind of dumb. And look, I'm one of those idiots, so like, fine, fair enough. But also like, how about trading down in the third round? Yeah, still getting Darnell Washington and then getting Nick Herbig, still yeah. like. Ah, man, that's like, that's, that's, that's a good job. We we got, we got to mention that. I mean, what can you say other than you like the product? Uh, again, we got to see how these guys develop because, you know, people felt really good about Artie Burns and Sean Davis when they got drafted. They were like, Hey, those oh, guys. I love Sean have- Davis. I right, love right. Sean Davis. I don't Davis. know if people felt good about Artie Burns. I did like well, Sean Davis. I mean, I people people Davis saw him as an fine athlete. until he got hurt. I, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with that. But they didn't feel like this year. I'm not saying like they felt great about, it, but like people were like, "Hey, you know, maybe he could be a really good starting corner someday." Uh, you know, but people were really like Sean Davis when he came, and just that 2016 draft with, like, like, you just look back at it and like, man, that was that was some rough pickings. But uh, but as far as how, how this year started, I mean, and again, just off of my personal evaluations, their first four picks: Broderick Jones, uh, man, I'm already blanking, Joey Porter Jr., Keanu Benton, and uh, Darnell Washington. And am I missing somebody there? No, yeah, the first four picks there. Yeah, I had them all ranked in my top 33 in my big board. And like beforehand, when I I, I, you can go back and look at Locked On Steelers and look at the episodes where I I put the images on the screen. I said, This is how I rank these guys. Man, they'll be lucky to get two of them. They got four of them. And that's like, that's where I'm like, whoa. And and maybe it just means that I my eyes were aligned in a way that just the stars crossed with the Steelers. That's what Smitty was saying too, though. Like, I. <laughs> I, I said I've been in lockstep with the Pittsburgh Steelers front office since the draft, like <laughs> step for step, basically. It's like it just feels like 
look, I don't, I don't think, I'm not saying that we know what the heck we're talking about. Like, I think I do, but it feels like there's, there's just been a lot of things that have gone the way people would hope they would, you know, there's, yeah. there's been a, a smooth flow of like, here are the needs, here are the, the potential solutions. Oh, I like that one. And that's the one they got. Yeah, I like that one. And that's the one they got. Like, it just seems like things keep falling into place. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the right mm-hmm. word for it because it, it, some of it's probably luck too. Like, let's, let's be honest about that. But man, it's really hard to imagine or to even with the benefit of hindsight, sit here now and pick out like, how could the Steelers have had a better off season? Like I, I, I mentioned to Tyler the one thing I was like, how much better? And this was before Desmond King, so take that as you will. But we were talking around on around the four one two, and I said to Tyler, how much better would you feel about the Steelers? Literally, they do everything the exact same except Cam Sutton's back in the fold. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, well, that'd be the one. That'd be the one. That's a big contract, man. I don't yeah. know. It was a big contract. I don't yeah. know. Like, that's a big contract. I, I understand the trepidation with that contract, even though I love Cam Sutton. That's a big contract. I I just don't. I don't know. That's a lot of money. I yeah, think- and I'm not even – and I literally just – of course, they would have had to have at least given him that. But, like, not even looking at the contract, just saying how much better would you feel if just that guy was still on the roster. I mean, I think Desmond King is, like, not – he's a very different player than Cam Sutton, but I think in terms of, like – ability to replicate a lot of those snaps from last year. I think he's an upgrade. Like if you just look at last year's team, forget like what we've seen so far, but if you just like compare it to last year's team, like he's a big upgrade on Art Millette. And I think mm-hmm. he can do some of what Cam Sutton was doing. Now, obviously not the inside outside thing, but like, I think this is the first time all year I felt good about going into Cincinnati and the plan was covering those three receivers. Yes. Like, I'll say that yeah. like that. That's for sure. I, I think one thing, and this may not be a this year thing, but it may be, I think this is more of a long-term thing. If they pay Cam Sutton and they draft Joey Porter Jr., cornerback's set for a while, you know? Like, it's yep. it's like, all right, well, those are just going to end up being the two starters on the outside for the future. You know, you know, Levi Wallace might stick around. But with bringing in Patrick Peterson and Levi Wallace on the contract that he's on with the Steelers, it leaves the wiggle room of, you know what? The Steelers, like we're talking about Omar Khan and how aggressive they are now. Imagine like a year or two from now, if they go and get name a big name corner cornerback that's like entering their prime or in their prime, who could be a free agent at the time. And then well, he ain't going anywhere, but my favorite in the league's Pat Sertan the second. So okay, okay, yeah. The Denver Broncos (laughs) are not letting him go unless they are on a fire sale, which maybe that happens if they if they just completely crap the bed. But uh I, I love Patrick Sertan. That was that, that was that was a, that was a great comparison. So yeah, imagine like a Patrick Sertan is attainable in free agency, and the Steelers go and get them. They they wouldn't have been able to do that if they signed Cam Sutton to a long term deal. So maybe that's the thing there because that's why honestly the way this team is constructed, the offensive linemen they brought in, uh, the weapons they have on offense, Kenny Pickett's there on his rookie deal. You, you got TJ Minka, Cam Highsmith locked up for the for the next few years. And you got different role players here and there. If the cornerback position can turn into another stalwart group, like this becomes one of the best teams in the NFL, as long as everyone keeps progressing in the right ways. Yeah, we, Smitty, we had a question about Joey Porter Jr., didn't we? Can we get to that real yes. quick? 
we did. So there's been a lot of talk, obviously, with the slot with bringing in Desmond King, people thinking, okay, this affects Shannon Sullivan. This affects Elijah Riley. Patrick Peterson as well was expected to see time in the slot. Zach said, really happy. It's a great name, by the way. Really happy with the King signing, but I wonder what role Porter has on this defense now, assuming it's Peterson and Wallace on the outside and King on the inside and nickel. Yeah, I mean, I think – there may still be some nickel snaps for him. I think there's dime snaps, but I think that's all there has been. Like they haven't really shown a willingness to give him much more than that. I think it's a, you know, there's going to be a learning curve here for Joey Porter Jr. He may be the one guy in this draft class that like, I'm not sure we exactly like I, I Keanu Benton may not be more than a good run stopping nose tackle, but I feel pretty good about him being a, a run stopping nose tackle right now. Feel pretty good about what Dick Herbert can do in terms of the pass rush. Feel pretty good about Darnell Washington in the in the blocking game. And, and so, like how much Joey Porter Jr. plays this year, I think is still very much up in the air. Like it, it, it would not surprise me if it's a little, and it would not surprise me if he ends up starting. Like I think it just depends on how you know he takes to the learning curve of the NFL. Chris, what are, what are your thoughts there? I really think that Joey Porter Jr. is, is, is a talent they're going to get on the field somehow. It's going to take time. And I think what they end up doing is they go they they they, they want certain matchups and circuit certain packages. And like as the season rolls on, there will be certain packages that he that 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 he gets rolled out in whereas, you know, maybe Patrick Peterson comes off or Levi Wallace comes off, but they they're going to want to get him in there. And let's also talk about the re- realistic possibility Someone's going to get hurt at some point. Also, their two starting cornerbacks are not young guys, so like yeah. they can take some snaps off. Like, there's no right. question about that. The, like, they, it's they not a position have... where you have to play every rep, like offensive line. Right, I, I I agree. Although the Steelers, they you know over the past few years, a lot of their corners do play almost every snap. You know when they when they really like them. Um, but I don't think that those corn these these corners are in those circumstances per se like uh like like they they like peterson and and levi wallace but i don't think they like them like they did like 2017 joe hayden no levi came off the field a lot last year and i think you know that that's certainly something that could happen i definitely think to start he will be the dime db 100 percent of the time like when they go six dbs porter will be on the field and i think we'll see him some in the nickel with 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 pat pete inside of him even with king because some of these teams you know some cert, I guess maybe not teams, but some circumstances, right? You know, like if you go see the Bengals on first and ten in a tie game, you need someone in there that can that can tackle because mm-hmm. it could be Joe Mixon coming at you, right? But if you get into a situation where it's a team that still plays a tight end, they only put three receivers on the field, but they're down by two touchdowns and there's six minutes left in the game, and you know they're throwing, okay, then maybe someone like Desmond King has less value to you than like going with Porter and Peterson. I do. I think the whole concept of this built the way they've built this defense is to give them a hundred answers for a hundred questions instead Mm. of one answer for everything, because I think they've realized that that doesn't work. I think it's a fair, I think there's a fair comparison to how they're looking at it because I I think this team is suited for a lot of different problems. You know, teams that like to run the ball, teams that like to throw the ball short, long, Um, you know, if, if certain guys get injured, like if TJ Watt, when TJ Watt got injured last year, it was over. Like, it was like, well, that's, uh, we'll see you when he returns, you know, but if TJ Watt gets injured this year, it's still not great, but now you have hurt. It's so much better. Like, like, like you, you can stomach that. And and like last year, you know, they were able to survive without Minka Fitzpatrick, but this year I think they could survive a little bit better with, you know, without Minka Fitzpatrick. And, you know, I, I just, I think that the Steelers are in a position where, especially on defense, 
they have a lot of ways to crack your code. And that could be the big thing that they're looking for here to be the factor that puts them over the top against some of these better offenses. And again, here's the other thing. Like I, I always reference this when we talk about the importance of the offense to the defense and playing complementary football. The Steelers' defense of 2021 held the Kansas City Chiefs <clears throat> scoreless for a quarter and a half of football in the playoffs in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes, with, I think Tyreek Hill was still there, with Travis Kelsey, with, with all the weapons that they had. They even gave the Steelers a lead in, go, in the second quarter with how they were playing. I think the offense had the ball four drives and three and out at every single one. If the offense puts up points, gets to at least two touchdowns, and at least doesn't three and out those other drives, that probably is they, – they probably have the defensive touchdown and two scores. They're up maybe 21 or whatever by halftime. And that is a completely different game. And now the Chiefs get in desperate mode, and they don't have as many chances to crack the Steelers' defensive code in that situation. And I think that this defense can potentially be better than the 2021 defense. Um if this offense truly does bring it this year, if Kenny Pickett's putting, putting points up on the board, if the run game's actually moving people and Najee Harris is bowling people over and Jaylen, him and Jalen Warren are just – if this offense is is doing is giving people those problems and this defense can play at that level, they can bang with big boys. They, they can hang with the Chiefs. Not just hang. They might they might give the Chiefs a problem. I think they – they we saw last year they hung with the Bengals both games. They won the first game. Um you know, the, the Bills, as much as this was a preseason run, that was their first team out there, and they got they, they were getting smoked. I mean, it was, I, 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 yeah, we can say all we want about, well, it's preseason, it doesn't matter, see you in the regular season. That that was – Josh Allen and them were trying, and they were – their efforts were futile in those moments. And the other thing is, ain't none of them, other than the Bengals, are on the schedule. Yeah, that's, that's a very there's good no, point. There's no Chiefs, there's no Bills, there's no Eagles. There's no game on this schedule that feels like right now we're putting it down as a loss. If you're seeing one of those teams in the playoffs, you're probably already having a real good year. I agree. Yeah. it's. I think that if you're right, if you see one of those teams, you won – you're, they're not wild card teams this year. I don't <laughs> yeah, think they're, right, yeah. they're, they're, they're division winners. So um, either either you're the wild card team or you've gotten pretty far in the playoffs and you're playing for a really high stakes game this year. Um, I, I do wonder this. You know, I I, I want to bring this up with you guys just to poke your poke your brains for a little bit. We've heard, you know, the, the thing that's always been said about the Steelers, you know, for the past few years is like, well, when are they going to win a playoff game? When are they going to win a playoff game? It's been six years, you know, whatever. And every year they someone always adds like two more years onto it prematurely. Like someone said, oh, it's eight years now. And I'm like, no, it's not. And like, come, come, calm your butt down. But um, I've, you know, we're seeing you know the idea of like, man, if he doesn't do it this year, like with this roster, this roster's really good. If he doesn't do it, they're, they're in trouble. If, if we're saying that this year this roster is finally good enough to win a playoff game, are we acknowledging that the Steelers you know, shouldn't have been winning playoff games the last few years? Because, I mean, like last year, we went in the last season thinking like, man, if they can – figure out a way to get win nine games that's going to be a miracle especially after tj watt got her and that's what they did mm -hmm. and the year before that 2021 no one expected old man ben rosberg to drag that team to the playoffs and he and, and get a lead on the patriots uh, excuse me the patriots the chiefs you know, in in kansas city like that was far from everyone's mind now and you could say maybe 2020 they should have beaten the browns you know i, I still think you know offense just crapping the bed in that game and playing terribly led to that which is 
a reason for a lot of their playoff losses in the 2010s. Uh, 2017, yes, that's a big that's a big letdown. Uh, but I'm I'm talking since 2019. You can maybe throw out 2020, but 2019, 2021, 2022 were those teams like this that we look on paper like that they were stacked to handle the handle the business. No. Maybe eighteen. You could Chris. It's actually been a. It's actually been a decade now. By the way, <laughs> exactly. We're just we're just getting longer and longer. longer well, my favorite part about all that though is in twenty seventeen. They won their division. Yeah, and they were in the second round. Yep. So if they had been worse, if they had gone ten and they play the Bills ten and <laughs> yeah. five instead of thirteen and three, and they beat somebody in the wild card round in seventeen, and then still lose to the Jaguars in the second round, would oh, people be happier it's now? Better because they want a playoff they game. Want a playoff game? No, yeah. it doesn't make any freaking difference. It, it, it's a dumb. It's a double. Listen, the three of us understand because we are smart, Chris. People. You know what I think about too, though, is Which we were just talking it. about how up until three weeks ago, this team has been getting no hype. So how all of a sudden do they have the expectation looking at the right. roster <laughs> to make a deep playoff run? I, that's a very in a loaded question. AFC. Look at the yeah. AFC. The Steelers could be, and I'm, this isn't my prediction or anything like that, they could be better than last year and still finish third or fourth in the division. Easily. Very well could happen. I mean, again, we're talking, we're talking about good teams in the conference and in the division, like the AFC North may be the best division in football this year, like talent wise, team construction wise, quarterback wise, you know, this could be a tough year to be in this division. Um, But, but being honest, I think the Steelers upgrades might be the best upgrades in the division from last year over to this year. And the Steelers finished third last year, a game back from the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, They weren't an easy out for the Bengals. You know when they when they played last year, so like that's why I think that like it's reasonable to say they could be bringing it. They could be a problem, and so man, I uh... you heard it here first, folks. Steelers in Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly, that's exactly what we said. But 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 to your point, Smitty, I I, I do think that there's uh, there, there's the, the part of the different tone is that I mean, and like Alan, you said at the top of the show, the odds went from five fifty to what four fifty in like a month because he signed Desmond King. Yeah, because they signed Desmond King. <laughs> that's why it's it, it's so much better. but but people are acknowledging that like hey maybe this team was better than than given credit for and you know I, I think that if Kenny Pickett is who I think he is uh I because I've I've been saying since he played at Pitt I'm like that dude's a dog and when he's on the field if he knows his offense and he trusts his guys and he has a rapport with him I'd be afraid to play that man and so that's when he was going on the draft I didn't think there was any way he'd fall to 20 I thought for sure he could pick top 10 top 15 at the latest and when he was sitting there at 20 I'm like well that makes sense if the Steelers take him and then they did and I'm like well wait a second here like this I didn't expect the 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 new quarterback to come this soon I thought that with 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 how late they were picking this this is going to be a project for a couple years but man like I I think that the Steelers if he is who I think he is can he pick it that being I think this team is – I think they are they are looked at as being a rebuilt roster. I think they are being looked at as a true threat in the AFC very soon. And then this time next year, everyone's going to be saying, oh, man, but, but how are you going to take the Steelers? But again, they got to they got to walk the walk. They got to prove it this season. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I said I said I did some Dennis Green there and said, uh, you know, they are who they thought he, he is, who I thought he was. But you can't crown them until they've been crowned. So. Uh, you know, not again, not crowning them a Super Bowl chance, but crowning them as a real contender. That's what they got to prove this year. So many, we're way over. It's music time. What do you got Ooh. to wrap us up? Oh, and well, Chris, uh, we need your thoughts on the music also. We, we did, did, yeah. 
Did you get the music in in the intro? Should we I play did. it again for him? The mu- are, are we we're big fans of our music here at at uh, oh, okay. Steelers Afternoon Drive. We have I like Chris's Chris uh, Locked On Steelers has a little jazzy kind of kind of like a jazz club beat when you know do, 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 you know kind of thing. We've got we got a little rock and roll. I'm I'm, st- I'm not going to play the whole thing because that's safe for oh, ten thousand. No, we're not doing the whole thing. here. No, not- but listen to a little bit of this. I'm listening. It makes me think afternoon. I'm driving home and I'm listening to some random station that I I have to listen would to. Would you Would my... you maybe describe it as renegade? A little bit, a little bit. You know, I like 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 renegade, but I couldn't pay for it on on Spotify on Spotify or Apple <laughs> Podcasts. I, I got the free thing for like if Tubi had a, at an audio service, that would be Tubi renegade. This has to, this has to pass the YouTube checks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but uh, no, that's renegade. And actually, good ear, uh, Alan, because my, the beat that I use there for my transitions is actually a beat that's derived from a night in Tunisia, which is one of the most famous Miles Davis jazz songs of all time. So, uh, shout out to my friend uh, uh, De- Devin, uh, who uh, who put that Devin Swain. Uh, he put that together in his days of being Nerd Boy, a, a local rapper here in Pittsburgh. Well, it's good. It's good. Well, I like that. I like what we've got. Smitty, get us out of here. Well, we got to tell the people where they can find both of you. We'll start with Chris since he's the guest. And also, we normally just have you say the social handles, where they can find your work, stuff like that. I also feel like your barber should get a shout out because I feel like you get your hair cut every single day. Hey, hey, listen, listen. It was, it was <laughs> Schmitty, it was it was looking rough before the, before this morning, man. I got this is fresh. This is fresh out the shout out to Mitch. He cut my he cuts my hair there in Edgewood. Go. Uh look up Mitch's cuts for for that. Uh he is great. Uh download style seats, great app, by the way, if you ever want to find a new barber in, in the area. But uh my name is Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, post-gazette.com. Check out the North Shore Drive podcast with the Post Gazette, as well as the Locked On Steelers podcast with the Locked On Podcast Network. That's Monday through Friday on YouTube and all your audio platforms. I'm okay, Alan Saunders now. at a Saunders underscore PGH Steelers now.com at PGH Steelers now on Twitter and at PGH Steelers now on YouTube, which is where this site lives. Like subscribe, leave a comment. We want to hear from you and we still need your freaking cars. Send them. I, I hope them. that cars, Jamie is in the process the of restoring. We need the yeah. car. We need the pictures of your Steelers affide vehicular transportation. I don't care if you got a 10 speed with a Ben Roethlisberger football card rattling in the spokes. Okay. Like we need your Steelers affide vehicles so that we can talk about them on the drive podcast. That's the whole thing. And what we're doing here, Smitty. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Steelers afternoon drive. That's Alan Saunders. That's Chris Carter. Chris, thanks for joining us again. I am Zachary Smith, PGH. That's where you can find me everywhere. Thanks for hopping in and taking another ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive. 